0: part six section four of weird tales by e t a hoffman translated by j t bilby this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part six section four on at length arriving at the longed-for country traugott found a new life awaiting him bright and brilliant at rome he was introduced to the circle of the german colony of painters and shared in their studies thus it came to pass that he stayed there longer than would seem to have been permissible in the face of his longing to find felicia again by which he had hitherto been so restlessly urged onwards but his longing was now grown weaker it shaped itself in his heart like a fascinating dream whose misty shimmer enveloped his life on all sides so that he believed that all he did and thought and all his artistic practice were turned towards the higher supernatural regions of blissful intuitions all the female figures which his now experienced artistic skill enabled him to create bore lovely felicia's features the young painters were greatly struck by the exquisitely beautiful face the original of which they sought to find in vain in rome they overwhelmed traugott with multitudes of questions as to where he had seen the beauty traugott however was very shy of telling of his singular adventure in Danzi, until at last after the lapse of several months an old konigsberg friend Matuzeski by name who had come to rome to devote himself entirely to art declared joyfully that he had seen there in rome the girl whom traugott copied in all his pictures traugott's wild delight may be imagined he no longer concealed what it was that had attracted him so strongly to art and urged him on with such irresistible power into italy and his danzig adventure proved so singular and so attractive that they all promised to search eagerly for the lost loved one matuzewski's efforts were the most successful he had soon found out where the girl lived and discovered moreover that she really was the daughter of a poor old painter who just at that period was busy putting a new coat on the walls of the church trinita Damante. all these things agreed nicely traugott at once hastened to the church in question along with matuzewski and in the painter whom he saw working up on a very high scaffolding he really thought he recognized old berklinger thence the two friends hurried off to the old man's dwelling without having been noticed by him it is she tried traugott when he saw the painter's daughter standing on the balcony occupied with some sort of feminine work felicia my felicia he exclaimed aloud in his joy as he burst into the room the girl looked up very much alarmed she had felicia's features but it was not felicia in his bitter disappointment poor traugot's wounded heart was rent as if from innumerable dagger-thrusts in a few words matuzewski explained all to the girl in her pretty shy confusion with her cheeks deep crimson and her eyes cast down upon the ground she made a marvellously attractive picture to look at and traugott whose first impulse had been quickly to retire nevertheless after casting but a single pained glance at her remained standing where he was as though held fast by silken bonds his friend was not backward in saying all sorts of complimentary things to pretty dorina and so helped her to recover from the constraint and embarrassment into which she had been thrown by the extraordinary manner of their entrance dorina raised the dark fringed curtains of her eyes and regarded the stranger with a sweet smile and said that her father would soon come home from his work and would be very pleased to see some german painters for he esteemed them very highly traugott was obliged to confess that exclusive of felicia no girl had ever excited such a warm interest in him as dorina did she was in fact almost a second felicia the only differences were that dorina's features seemed to him less delicate and more sharply cut and her hair was darker it was the same picture only painted by raphael instead of by rubens it was not long before the old gentleman came in and traugott now plainly saw that he had been greatly misled by the height of the scaffolding in the church on which the old man had stood Instead of his being the strong Berklinger, he was a thin, mean-looking little old man, timid and crushed by poverty. A deceptive accidental light in the church had given his clean-shaved chin an appearance similar to Berklinger's black curly beard. In conversing about art matters, the old man unfolded considerable ripe practical knowledge, and Traugott made up his mind to cultivate his acquaintance for though his introduction to the family had been so painful their society now began to exercise a more and more agreeable influence upon him dorina the incarnation of grace and childlike ingenuousness plainly allowed her preference for the young german painter to be seen and traugott warmly returned her affection he grew so accustomed to the society of the pretty child she was but fifteen that he often spent the whole day with the little family his studio he transferred to the spacious apartment which stood empty next their rooms and finally he established himself in the family itself hence he was able of his prosperity to do much in a delicate way to relieve their straitened circumstances and the old man could not very well think otherwise than that traugott would marry dorina and he even said so to him without reservation this put traugott in no little consternation for he now distinctly recollected the object of his journey and perceived where it seemed likely to end felicia again stood before his eyes instinct with life but on the other hand he felt that he could not leave dorina his vanished darling he could not for some extraordinary reason conceive of as being his wife she was pictured in his imagination as an intellectual vision that he could neither lose nor win oh to be imminent in his beloved intellectually for ever never to have her and own her physically but dorina was often in his thoughts as his dearly loved wife and as often as he contemplated the idea of again binding himself in the indissoluble bonds of betrothal he felt a delicious tremor run through him and a gentle warmth pervade his veins and yet he regarded it as unfaithfulness to his first love thus traugott's heart was the scene of contest between the most contradictory feelings he could not make up his mind what to do he avoided the old painter, and he, accordingly, feared Traugott, intended to deceive his dear child. He had, moreover, already spoken of Traugott's wedding as a settled thing, and it was only under this impression that he had tolerated Dorina's familiar intimacy with Traugott, which otherwise would have given the girl an ill name. The blood of the Italian boiled within him, and one day he roundly declared to Traugott that he must either marry dorina or leave him for he would not tolerate this familiar intercourse an hour longer traugott was tormented by the keenest annoyance as well as by the bitterest vexation the old man he viewed in the light of a vile matchmaker his own actions and behaviour were contemptible and that he had ever deserted felicia he now judged to be sinful and abominable his heart was sore wounded at parting from dorina but with a violent effort he tore himself free from the sweet bonds he hastened away to naples to sorrento he spent a whole year in making the strictest inquiries after berklinger and felicia but all was in vain nobody knew anything about them the sole gleam of intelligence that he could find was a vague sort of presumption which was founded merely upon the tradition that an old german painter had been seen in sorrento several years before and that was all after being driven backwards and forwards like a boat on the restless sea traugott at length came to a stand in naples and in proportion as his industry in art pursuits again awakened the longing for felicia which he cherished in his bosom grew softer and milder but he never saw any pretty girl if she was the least like dorina in figure movement or bearing without feeling most bitterly the loss of the dear sweet child yet when he was painting he never thought of dorina but always of felicia she continued to be his constant ideal at length he received letters from his native town herr elias Rose had departed this life his business agent wrote and traugott's presence was required in order to settle matters with the bookkeeper who had married miss Christina and undertaken the business traugott hurried back to danzig by the shortest route again he was standing in arthur's hall leaning against the granite pillar opposite the burgomaster and the page he dwelt upon the wonderful adventure which had had such a painful influence upon his life and a prey to deep and hopeless sadness he stood and looked with a set fixed gaze upon the youth who greeted him with living eyes as it were and whispered in a sweet and charming voice and so you could not desert me then after all can i believe my eyes is it really your own respected self come back again safe and sound and quite cured of your unpleasant melancholy croaked a voice near traugott it was a well-known broker i have not found her escaped traugott involuntarily whom do you mean whom has your honour not found asked the broker the painter godofredus berklinger and his daughter felicia rejoined traugott i have searched all italy for them not a soul knew anything about them in sorrento this made the broker open his eyes and stare at him and he stammered where do you say you have searched for berklinger and felicia in italy in naples in sorrento why yes to be sure replied traugott very testily whereupon the broker struck his hands together several times in succession crying as he did so did you ever now did you ever hear tell of such a thing but herr traugott herr traugott well what is there to be so much astonished at rejoined traugott don't behave in such a foolish fashion pray of course a man will travel as far as sorrento for his sweetheart's sake yes yes i loved felicia and followed her but the broker skipped about on one foot and continued to say well now did you ever did you ever until traugott placed his hand earnestly upon his arm and asked come tell me then in heaven's name what is it that you find so extraordinary the broker began but my good herr traugott, you mean to say you don't know that herr aloysius Bronnstetter, our respected town councillor and the senior of our guild calls his little villa in that small firwood at the foot of carlsberg in the direction of Conrad's hammer by the name of sorrento he bought berklinger's pictures of him and took the old man and his daughter into his house that is out to sorrento and there they lived for several years and if you my respected herr traugott had only gone and planted your own two feet on the middle of the carlsberg you could have had a view right into the garden and could have seen miss felicia walking about there dressed in curious old german style like the women in those pictures there was no need for you to go to italy afterwards the old man-oh but that is a sad story never mind go on said traugott hoarsely yes continued the broker young braunstetter came back from england saw miss felicia and fell in love with her coming unexpectedly upon the young lady in the garden he fell upon his knees before her in romantic fashion and swore that he would wed her and deliver her from the tyrannical slavery in which her father kept her close behind the young people without their having observed it stood the old man and the very self same moment in which Felicia said, "I will be yours," he fell down with a stifled scream and was dead as a doornail. It said he looked very, very hideous, all blue and bloody, because he had, by some inexplicable means, burst an artery. After that, Miss Felicia could not bear young braunstetter at all, and at last she married matasius criminal and all, councillor of Marianverder your honour as an old flame should go and see the frau crimina Marienwerder marion is not so far you know as your real italian sorrento the good lady is said to be very comfortable and to have enriched the world with divers children silent and crushed traugott hastened from the hall this issue of his adventure filled him with awe and dread no it is not she it is not she he cried it is not Felicia, that divine image which enkindled an infinite longing in my bosom, whom I followed into yon distant land, seeing her before me everywhere where I went, like my star of fortune, twinkling and glittering with sweet hopes. Felicia, criminaretin Matasius, ha ha ha, criminaretin traugott shaken by extreme sensations of misery laughed aloud and hastened in his usual way through the oliva gate along the Longfur to the carlsberg he looked down into sorrento and the tears gushed from his eyes oh he cried oh how deep how incurably deep an injury oh thou eternal ruling power does thy bitter irony inflict upon poor man's soft heart but no, no, but why should the child cry over the incurable pain, when instead of enjoying the light and warmth he thrust his hands into the flames? Destiny visibly laid its hand upon me, but my dimmed vision did not recognize the higher nature at work, and I had the presumption to delude myself with the idea that the forms created by the old master and mysteriously awakened to life, which stepped down to meet me, were my own equals and that i could draw them down into the miserable transitoriness of earthly existence no no felicia i have never lost you you are and will be mine for ever for you yourself are the creative artistic power dwelling within me now and only now have i first come to know you what have you what have i to do with the criminal retin matasius i fancy nothing at all neither did i know what you should have to do with her my respected herr traugott a voice broke in traugott awakened out of his dream strange to say he found himself without knowing how he got there again leaning against the granite pillar in arthur's hall the person who had spoken the above-mentioned words was christina's husband he handed to traugott a letter that had just arrived from rome matazewski wrote Dorina is prettier and more charming than ever, only pale with longing for you, my dear friend. She is expecting you every hour, for she is most firmly convinced that you could never be untrue to her. She loves you with all her heart. When shall we see you again? I am very pleased that we settled all our business this evening, said Traugot to Christina's husband, after he had read this, for tomorrow I set out for Rome, where my bride is most anxiously longing for me end of part six arthur's hall recording by expatriate in bangor maine